people would be phased out. What is now an open-ended entitlement, with federal funding available for a specific share of whatever each state spends, would be converted to per capita payments or block grants. Then four years later, the federal government would apply an inflation factor to spending increases that would be equal to the urban consumer price index rather than the higher medical inflation rate used in the House bill. There has never been a rollback of basic services to Americans like this ever in U.S. history, said Bruce Siegel, president of America's Essential Hospitals, a coalition of about 300 hospitals that treat a large share of low-income patients. Let's not mince words. This bill will close hospitals. It will hammer rural hospitals. It will close nursing homes. It will lead to disabled children not getting services. People will die. To some extent, the division within the GOP's ranks reflects geography. Some of the most reticent senators come from states where healthcare systems stand to lose the most financially if the bill passed. According to an analysis by the Commonwealth Fund, hospitals in Nevada would be saddled over the next decade with at least double the costs in uncompensated care, bills for which neither an insurer nor a patient paid. It examined the House legislation but noted that the Senate bill would doubtless hit harder because of its deeper reductions in federal Medicaid payments. Hospitals in West Virginia would suffer an even greater spike in uncompensated care, about 122% during the decade. But the analysis showed that the greatest damage would come in McConnell's own state, Kentucky, which has had the nation's largest Medicaid expansion under the ACA, would see a 165% jump in unpaid hospital bills. Yet conservative Senator Patrick J. Toomey, Republican Pennsylvania, one of the bill's champions, said it would establish a very, very gradual and gentle transition to a normal inflation rate for a program in which he said costs were spiraling out of control. Beyond Medicaid, it would permit private health plans to cover fewer services, and would allow individuals and employers to eschew coverage without penalty, elements that its authors say could lower how much consumers pay for their insurance. The idea that there's a sector of our economy that has to permanently have a higher inflation rate than the rest of our economy is ridiculous, Toomey said Thursday. I think that it's absolutely essential to putting Medicaid on a sustainable path so that it will be there for future generations. Avik Roy, a conservative health expert, who serves as president of the Foundation for Research on Equal Opportunity. So the legislation's proponents need to show that competitive insurance markets can work for the poor and the vulnerable and the sick. People too often equate federal spending with establishing a safety net, when greater competition and a free market could produce better results at a lower cost, in Roy's view. The Senate bill would extend quite robust tax credits to many people, he said, even those living in poverty who were not eligible for Medicaid. Republicans have a different view of what a safety net should look like. Pressure is coming from outside groups on the right, though the four conservatives who have voiced opposition to the bill might be pushed hard. Senators Rand Paul, Kentucky, Mike Lee, Utah, Ted Cruz, Texas, and Ron Johnson, Wisconsin. Heller will be a special target. A super PAC, America First Policies, reportedly is planning a seven-figure ad buy just in Nevada. But patient advocacy organizations that focus on an array of diseases are intensifying their own lobbying on the bill including running print and online ads in several key states. If one health issue has emerged as a flashpoint, however, it is the nation's opioid epidemic. Shatterproof, a national nonprofit organization focused on addressing addiction, estimates that 2.8 million people have gained access to substance abuse treatment under Medicaid expansion. In Ohio alone, total federal funding provided 70% of the $939 million that the state spent to combat the epidemic last year. Capito and Senator Rob Portman, Ohio have asked the chamber's Republican leaders to provide in the bill $45 billion over 10 years to address opioids. The measure currently provides $2 billion, but that amount 
Shatterproof Chief Executive Gary Mendel said Friday, is less than a tenth of what experts predict will be needed over the next decade. And providing a designated fund while leaving millions uninsured makes little sense, he added. Shatterproof and the National Council on Behavioral Health just launched a six-figure advertising buy in Ohio, West Virginia, and Maine, which is represented by another undecided Republican, Senator Susan Collins, to urge the state senators to vote against the bill. Mendel noted that Portman has been a champion on substance abuse treatment for years, and it was difficult to run ads targeting him. His people need to understand that this has to be a no vote, Mendel said. Specific constituencies aside, some party experts regard the Senate's plan as a wholesale reversal of the government's path to offer health insurance to ever wider groups of Americans, piece by piece. That started with the creation of Medicaid and Medicare as part of President Lyndon B. Johnson's Great Society and could be ending with the ACA. This is bringing us back to where we were before 1965, said Paul Starr, a Princeton University professor of sociology and public affairs.